0: We were so excited earlier this week to read the news that former Mizzou coach Gary Pinkle has been elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carrick, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line where Coach is standing by. Good morning, sir. Congratulations. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a bit overwhelming. You know, it's kind of settled down a little bit, but, uh, you know, something I never thought would happen. Um, I, I just... Uh, Anyway, I knew my name was you know was in there in terms of, uh, of the voting. But uh, anyway, it was a great day for uh, me when I heard this. And it, it certainly there's huge influence on a lot of people that are a part
0: of this thing. And, Gary, uh, I think your story of how you found out and then how you told your wife is one of my favorite Hall of Fame <laughs> stories ever. So if you can relay that to us.
1: Well, not this Wednesday. The Wednesday before last, um, I... Uh, my wife and I, when we were in Columbia, went out to dinner, came back, and there was a, it was a box in the front, the front of our house, the front door. And so what? What uh, we went in, took some groceries in, and went in. Did before we know, it, we both forgot about it. And actually, I get up, I go work out, I come back, I see it still sitting there underneath there. And so I pick the box up, I take it in the house. My wife Missy, she she says, yeah, I'm gonna go take. She has a couple appointments coming up. She's, she's gonna go take a shower, and I said, okay. And I, so I slice it, opened it up. I open the top up, and I, you can tell there's a football in there. And the reason I mentioned I mention this too, but people send me sometimes uh, footballs to sign, and then and then I send the sign it and send it back. So I kind of thought it was that's what I kind of thought it was. There was an envelope on, on top, so I couldn't really see much of the football, you know, see the you know what is, what, what eventually was on it. And uh, then there was a card on top of it, so I grabbed the card. And I look at it, and it said this. It says, um, of the 5.54 million who have played and coached college football since 1869, only 1,038 players and 223 coaches out of that 5.54 million have been inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. And it said, Welcome to the club. And I just, I broke down. I mean, I, I was. Crying. I mean, I was, I was. In fact, I was thinking, if one of my friends did this, I'm gonna blow up their car. <laughs> so, so anyway, so uh, I was, I was, oh, I was overwhelmed. I just almost didn't know if I should believe this or not, you know. So I, I you know, it just all happened in a moment. And so I go into the shower. i run in the shower, and I, I, I said, and, she, and, I, and I'm, i you know, I'm, I'm crying, and she's going, "What happened? What happened?" I mean, I mean she thought something really bad happened. And I said, read this, read this. And I stuck, stuck that thing right in front of her. Welcome <laughs> to the club. And then she started screaming. She was naked screaming, but she was screaming. That's what she so anyway, it was, a, it was a moment I'll never forget the rest of my life. And it's interesting, too. They, that's the way they do it. They've been doing that for many, many years there. Um, the athletic director at Toledo, uh, where I was before, and the athletic director um, at Mizzou, both were, were, were giving notices when that thing was put in front of our door. So 24 hours later, they were supposed to make contact with me. It was, it was incredible. So anyway, I'm, I'm very honored. Um, but this is so much bigger than me. Uh, this, is, this is all the people, all the coaches, all the administrators, all the people that are part of – all the people that touch my players uh, daily to help them be better people, to help them be better football players, so on and so forth. All these people are part of this award.
2: Coach, has it really sunk in yet that you're a Hall of Famer? You're recounting the story to us. You know that it's happening, but have you really had a chance to take a step back and look back on your career and really savor all that you've accomplished now that you're officially a Hall of Famer?
1: Yeah, I think so a little bit. You know, I, I was never one to look back a whole lot, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, I just really important, I, I, I got to tell you this, when I run into players or coaches where they call me or text me, you know, throughout the year and throughout, you know, things going on and, and what have you, I always, I always, and whether they were the starter or they were played in the NFL 10 years or where they were, they were backups, whatever, I always thank them. At the end of my text or the end of my message, I always thank them for all they did for me and all they did for Mizzou or all they did for Toledo. That's what I tell them every time. And, and so that's, that's what this is all about. There's, there's so many people. I never thought this was going to happen. It was never one of my goals, I'm very goal oriented, but I, I don't have goals, you know, for personal, you know, but for something great happens to me, that's not really, i thought rather win a national championship, but uh, this is surely an honor. This is beyond, you just you saw the numbers there. This is, uh, this is a very select group of people. And I'm certainly uh, very honored uh to represent the University of Toledo and University of Missouri.
0: Coach, coaching in the NFL and coaching in college is so different because you really are forming and developing really boys into men as a college coach. I remember Coach Vermeil told me one time the thing that made him proudest was he was able to get NFL players to do things that they didn't think that they could do. I have to believe that you got some kids into school and got them out of school and got them to graduate that didn't think when they started school that they could do it.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a responsibility that we had. I mean, that was a mandatory. And any home I was in, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if the, the, the young man was a you know a, just a decent student or a great student. At the end of the end of them, I, I I always told the parents right from the very beginning. I didn't say it because it sounded good, but I would always look them in the eye and I would always tell them, I'd say, listen, I said, you know, you're gonna you're coming, you're going to school to graduate. I know you want to play in the NFL and all that stuff. Sort of, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But but so you have to understand that we're gonna have. You know, we're going to have a lot of control over what happens to you, in terms of putting you in a position, study table, and things like that, so you can excel. And then eventually, when you mature through that, and you can do it on your own, and ask for uh, assistance, that's when it's going to go. So I told parents that all the time. That was our staff knew about that. You know, and I didn't come in there and say, "Well, let's, what do you guys want to do?" We we have, you know, we had a lot of things in place to help our kids, and and, and also it'd be better people. I mean, that's that's the other thing too. I've learned some environments. You know, that were just incredible. You expect that kid to come out, like I'll use Chase Daniel for Where You know, Chase Daniel was blessed. He had a mom and dad at home. You know, they were remarkable people, awesome people. And I have some players who come out of some really, really incredible backgrounds. And you know, a lot of things going on within those families. And, uh, and you know, you expect them to be the same. Well, they're not going to be. And so our one of the things I always did when we went out of recruiting, I wanted to make sure I, the players are committed to us. I was in every one of their homes. Because I wanted to know that I just want to get my feel for their background, their background, so that when although we don't make rules for different players, we're very consistent from that standpoint. What it did do is I just knew how to handle things or how to communicate a little bit better because I understood what was kind of going on in their lives previously. And so because I always had.
0: And, and Gary, because of those relationships, I have to believe you've gotten a ton of texts and calls. Do you have any idea how many in the last week that you've received?
1: I, I I can't even give you the numbers. Been <laughs> a lot, and you know they're so so positive and so kind, and you know, and, and all these people, all these all these players and coaches and stuff that are texting me, and there's a lot of coaches that you know that that are, that are away from me. I mean, that, that that I coached against and stuff too. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, it's just been it's just an absolutely remarkable. And they're saying all these nice things. I said, why did not you say these nice things when you're playing for me? I'm like, <laughs> What's <laughs> going on around here? Let's get, our, let's, get, let's get our life in order here a little bit. <laughs> That's
2: right, uh, coach. Well, I had a really good time reading about your career in its entirety last night, coach. And I want to go back to the very beginning at Missouri. The state of the program wasn't exactly ideal when you first got the opportunity to come to Columbia. And I was actually reading that a lot of people told you not to come to Mizzou. What was it about this school and this opportunity that made you want to go there? Well,
1: you know, I think you know. You look at Missouri. Everybody always look at it. it's, it's uh, right in the middle of the state, uh, and you got you got you know very high, good academic school, uh, and, and you got two major cities in St. Louis and Kansas City. But you know, I I heard a program had two winning seasons in seventeen years. It wasn't working consistently. There were times in the past where you know sixties and stuff, and say some of the guys in the early eighties and stuff. There were some some good things happened there, but. You know, it just that's just kind of kinda of the way it is and that's 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 kinda of, you know, what it was. Um so I I I just thought when we got here, you know, I just had to kinda of figure out the environment of what it was. Mike Alden, I would have never come out here without Mike Alden, ever when I come here. Because I just I had to have a feel for have somebody that was gonna and trust me and understand how difficult it's gonna be and how, how and, and what we have to do. And you got to understand, too, we didn't, I didn't come in here and get staff together and say, okay, well, how do you guys want to do this? You know, through Don James, who I have to, my high school coach, Dick Fortner and Don James, uh, you know, blessed to be around the great guys. But to Don James, I, I, I that program that I played under that won championships, that, that I worked with him at the University of Washington that won championships, uh, that, that's what we're going to do. This is, I'm not going to go around the room and say, okay, guys, how do you want to do this? And when we came in here, it was bam, bam, A to Z, it was done. Now, we always we always evaluate ourselves and always make ourselves better to improve. But at the end of the day, those philosophies went in. And I went over something that was really difficult for me. And I'll use St. Louis, for example. When we first got here, you know, I, two, the two schools would not even let me in their room. They, they had such bad experiences with with University of Missouri uh, coaches. And so uh, I I had to kind of get, a, get an honest story. And pretty much what I would do in St. Louis and Kansas City, and actually I would do it outside, but certainly there because everybody kind of knew the history of Missouri the previous 20 years and wasn't very good. And so I would go into them and I'd say, okay, listen, listen, real quick. Here. Let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you why we're going to win, okay? Is it going to be easy? No. I'm going to tell you why we're going to win. Well, I'm going to go way back, back in 1970, early 70s, and I was playing at Kent State University. A guy named Nick Saban's on that team, a guy named Jack Lambert's on that team, and a kid coach named Don James comes in. Okay, we win a championship. Okay, never won one in the history of the school. Right after that, I picked that. He picks that program up. takes from Kent State. He takes the University of Washington. They won the national championship in '91. I went to 11 bowls in 12 years when I was coaching there. Okay, so what I did is I became head coach at Toledo. So that at Kent State, where it won at a high level where you couldn't win at Washington, same thing at Washington. I'm going to drop it into Toledo, Ohio. Okay, well, guess what we did? We were undefeated in 1995. We were three divisional championships, one championship. We did a lot of great things. So now I am here in St. Louis, and you're looking at me saying, is this, it, it, how, how, how do we really know it's going to change? Well, I'm a, uh, this is, that's, that's why we're doing all this. I'm going to change because it worked at Kent State. It worked at Washington. It worked at Toledo. And guess what? It's going to work at Missouri. I guarantee you. And then, you know, then we started getting some, you know, I get, you know, J-Mac jumped in. You know, he dropped, said no to Oklahoma. Said, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go to Missouri. And then it started without well, using a name. It started all through the state. And obviously, you have to recruit out well outside the state. But at the end of the day, you got to get your home base going. And uh, that's kind of the stories we did. And I had to, I had, you know, they were hit. They heard coaches telling all the reasons how they were going to win. They just keep firing them, firing them, and firing them. I had to use that storyline. I know it took a long time, but that storyline was when things started flipping. They kind of said, well, look back and say, well, okay. This makes sense. uh, you, You have a plan for these things.
2: And the plan did come to fruition just like you had forecasted, but it didn't happen overnight. You had years that you didn't see the success that you wanted, and you had to eventually build towards, you know, being the coach of the year in the SEC, being the number one program in the country, your overall record of 118 and 73. And coach, when you look around at college football now, it seems like head coaches do not get a long leash. Sometimes it's one, two, three years, if they're lucky, to turn the fortunes of a program around. So when you think about your career specifically at Mizzou, do you ever feel like you were Lucky that you had the support around you to give you time to build what Mizzou eventually became.
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the reasons why that's happening right now is there's so much money in it. You know, I mean, you know, millions and millions of dollars coaches are getting play, paid now. The, now that's the entertainment dollar. That's just the way it is. You know, just that, that's the way movies, you know, music, all that kind of stuff. And and that was really that that's really kind of people I think are very impatient. You know. We're paying you five million a year, and you win three games. I mean, back to back years, and you know they they just don't they don't want it. They, and then and then people that are given money are frustrated because I'm giving money, and, and we're paying them all this, and then I get it done. So I think that has a big to do a big big thing to do with it. Now, for me personally, um, I I mentioned before I would come here if it wasn't for Michael. I would never never have come here. And I just needed somebody that I could trust, you know. And I, he knew me when I was a coaching assistant at Washington, so he knew something about me. Uh, I, you know, I just, I just, we just got along really well. And I told him when I accepted the job, I said, "There's gonna be a time when I'm gonna need you, and I'm gonna need you to support me when I'm not the most popular guy around town." And and it happened, you know. We, we had losing, losing, winning, losing, and, um, I mean and we're right at the I mean we're right there we're we're, we're going to make the move here pretty quick and I remember talking to Mike Alden after that you know that fourth year and and, and I said you know Mike said you think you should make coaching changes no no I got great staff no not, I'm not going to throw a guy up and throw him throw him up and have yeah, so you can shoot at him so that say Pinkle's making changes I got a good staff I said but I remember I told you I'm going to need you to help I'm going to need you I need you right now I need you to you know allow me to get continue this thing and than the rest of history. So, kind of funny as you look back how those things work out. But at the end of the day, Mike Alden is, uh, he, he really was exceptional to work for. And- And I'm certainly, uh, you know, he was all part of this, and like everybody else, and certainly honored to be a part of it.
0: Well, Gary Pinkle, it was an amazing career and now a college football Hall of Fame career. I know you're going to be honored in Columbia during the season and then the induction on December 6th of 2022, and we can't wait for that. Thanks so much for the time, and again, congratulations.
1: And thank you, guys. I appreciate it. God bless you.